FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 261 of the podcast that goes snicked. Aw, that silence means I am solo, your host Jason Venable with a bonus episode on a OMG is DPV OML. <laughs> yeah, I was going to cover uh, quickly <laughs> the release of... Uh, I shouldn't laugh at myself that much. That is in bad form. But I guess that's pretty much what y'all have come to expect from me. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to talk about the uh, the first issue of Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan. Um, and a couple other things that just kind of came about in the last week. You know, just get something out there in the ether and get some thoughts. Let you ruminate on my musings. Um... Anyway, so the main event, of course, is Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number one. Um, this E is written by Declan Shalvey. Uh, art by Mike Henderson. Colors by Lee Luffridge. Letters by VCs Joe Savino. And the cover is by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair. Uh, designers are Jay Bowen and Anthony Gambino. Excuse me. So sorry. Um, anyway, this cover is pretty fantastic. It I like the little banner. It kind of has an old, almost, I don't know, like an old Western movie. It's not really the right font, but it kind of has that that feel to it. <coughs> Good grief, people. All right, let's try that again. Or try this again. It's <laughs> going to be the... Uh, the shortest episode with the most interruptions. We have doorbells, we have barking dogs, we have my inability to speak without coughing today, uh, we have the wife calling on the phone. Um, everyone say hi, Denise. Um, yeah, I'm sure uh, Ollie will probably wake up from his nap before I'm done. Um, I thought I could squeeze this in, <laughs> but let me, let me, uh, let me waste less time talking about how short the episode should be and actually try to get it done. Um, <laughs> anyway, the cover uh, it has the banner kind of like in a, almost like a big wood panel across the top. And the background is like an all white background. It's really nice. Um, has a big, like a big number one on it in the middle. Um, has kind of a different parental advisory sticker than normal. It's got like a little black box of big red letters. Parental advisory, not underlined for kids. And it's not, right? I mean, it's Deadpool and Old Man Logan. What would you think? Um, anyway, it has them squaring off. Um, kind of forehead to forehead, button heads. Um, Deadpool slicing a katana into Old Man Logan's jacket on the shoulder. And then Old Man Logan, teeth gritted, claws out. Um... You know, Declan Shelby drew, I think it was called, the, I, I, or my Western theme hasn't thrown off. I'm doubting myself. But I'm pretty sure it was called The Good, Bad, and the Ugly with um, Wolverine at the time, Logan, uh, Deadpool, and Captain America. 
one of my favorite uh, Deadpool solo book stories of the last several years. Um, just a great, great story and great, great art. But we all know Declan Shelby's a fantastic artist. Um, and this cover is no exception. Um, looks really, really good. Now we had, I think I talked a little bit <coughs> about his backup story with uh, Nick Fury Jr. Uh, it was a backup that ran through... Dang, one of the, uh, was it, was it Civil War 2 that ran in the background, or like, was in one of the, like, um, compilation books, or was it Secret Wars? I don't remember. But anyway, he drew and wrote, uh, which is the first time I'd ever seen his writing, I think, um, haven't checked out his image stuff, or his independent stuff yet, um. Anyway, it was fine. It was a nice little fun adventure. Um, but anyway, he is uh, just writing this book and doing covers. Um, we might, and we'll talk more about it. Henderson's art is pretty great. So, uh, at first, and I didn't really, if I've seen his art or followed him before, I, I couldn't really remember. So, I won't lie. Initially, disappointed that Shalvi was just writing and not doing the art as well. But... But this, this art is pretty great, so it, it made up for it very quickly. My my feelings were less hurt. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so anyway, a fantastic cover. Um, this looks really, really nice. Um, and of course, you know, Bel Air's colors never hurt anything and only exemplify what pictures should look like. One of, one of the coloring greats in our industry right now. The Luffridge... And I'm, I'm spoiling everything. Also, great colors in this book. So, anyway, you slice it. A very visually appealing book. So, let's talk about what happens in it, huh? <clears throat> we have Old Man Logan and Deadpool running away from falling vehicles. Uh, like a mo moving van, a, a tank, a garbage truck, maybe. And they climb out from the wreckage. And then there's a, uh, a plane falling on them. <clears throat> So we go back to two days earlier. Uh, we have Deadpool on the subway reading the fake news. There's some bully gangsters. They're going to bother this old woman. Uh, they take some guy's poor little iPad. Um, and this lady's like, hey, someone should stop them. I'd pay good money. And Deadpool's like, how much? And we don't know the sum yet, but he, he takes her, her contract. And he beats up some thugs. Um, punches a guy through the newspaper, then pulls out his blades. Um, then of course we go to 200 feet above Manhattan, and we have a well, it looks like initially maybe like Shield. Uh, think they'll turn out to be somebody else, but they're flying around looking for a weapon. So maybe they're looking for Deadpool, right? Um, anyway, in the subway, uh, Deadpool is about to collect his twenty-five dollars when he gets shoved by old man Logan um, <laughs> who walks by so Deadpool chases him um, calls him hey old moldy Logan which is funny um, he's like hold on dude pulls out his swords but old man Logan slices him um, and Deadpool like jumps back in front of him some really really great art as they kind of square off there's a really uh, great kind of double square panel of like one from Deadpool's point of view, so you see Old Man Logan like move with claws out, 
in Deadpool, sword pointing at him. And then the next one is from Old Man Logan's perspective. You see Deadpool swords that like make me, but you see like from the opposite side of Wolverine or Old Man Logan's claws. It's a really nice little visual. Um, anyway, they kind of squirmish a little bit. Um, you know, Old Man Logan's like, "Ah, oh, you're so annoying. You always got my way before." Um, you know, some quips, quips and quaps. I don't know. I just made that up. Sounds good, right? Um, yeah, they quip, they fight, they shoot each other, or Deadpool shoots. Um, Old Man Logan makes the line about bringing his own cutlery. Uh, Deadpool jumps in a tree. Old Man Logan cuts it down. Um, and we hear a scream, and we see a playground, and some kids are running away from a girl who has maybe exploded? Or something. And, um... Turns out this is probably who Old Man Logan was looking for. He was tracking down a new mutant. But Deadpool's like, whoa, hold on. You're not going to help her. I'm going to help her first. Because <laughs> I'll help the hell out of her. <laughs> and so they both run towards the kid, but she runs away. So then they both kind of chase her. Um, and a hot dog stand falls out of the sky. <laughs> so... Anyway, there's stuff going on here. Um, they argue some more, but Old Man Logan eventually convinces them. Uh, Deadpool, you catch the girl. I'll take care of whoever's trying to stuff us. And um, we get a nice line where Deadpool's like, All right, all right, already. Can't believe I missed the old Logan. I mean, young Logan. But of course, we all do. Right? But he's back. And maybe this one will go away soon. Um, anyway, this uh, vehicle um, says target located acquire the weapon and we get a really nice panel of you're welcome to try bub uh some troops drop out they yell acquire the weapon again old man logan stabs some fools again with acquire the weapon and they got him so maybe old man logan's the weapon right and he goes i got your weapon right here pal but the girl's like no not you the girl I'm sorry, the girl and the trooper. Like, no, not you, the girl. And her name is, quote, air quote, Maddie, threat level alpha. And that's who they're trying to hunt down. So, to be continued. Um, yeah, it was fine. Looks great. The writing was fine. I mean, it's Deadpool. <laughs> who I can take in small pieces and, um, it wasn't too much. I will say, you know, some people are really, really, really good at making Deadpool kind of funny and entertaining. Um thought Shelby did a good job with kind of like the one-liners and the puns, but I wasn't like, I don't know. Some of it was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of funny, I guess. Um and to be fair, I, as far as I know, Shelby's not like a comedic writer necessarily. Um, maybe he fancies himself that way. I don't know. He's a hell of an artist. And, you know, I don't know. Um, the story itself is kind of interesting. Um, old man Logan's tracking down this girl that these people are tracking down. Um, Deadpool kind of gets in everybody's way. Um, I mean, we'll see where it goes. It's a whole lot of... A whole lot of setup that really relies the issue to sell on the interplay between Deadpool and Old Man Logan. And so if that's what 
you're in it for and that's what you love, I think this issue is probably better for you. Um, for me, I was like, eh, okay, fine. They're 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 snapping at each other. They're fighting each other. Um, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really on the fence. But the book Henderson's art looks fantastic, and of course, Luffridge, great, great colorist. Um, the book just overall looks great. Cannot say enough how cool this book looks. Um, how fun it was to just flip through the pages and look at the panels. Um, so in that regards, I'm very, very on the fence. On the one hand, I feel like three claws is too low for the art. It doesn't do the art justice. The art is too good. The colors are too good to be a three. But I feel like four is a little bit too high for how much I actually enjoyed the book overall. Um... I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm really like a three and a half, but I try I try to avoid half claw ratings. Um, that's why I went from three to six all those episodes ago um, to give myself a little more wiggle room. Um, I don't know. Like, honestly, if Henderson's art wasn't so great and I wasn't doing this for the podcast... I don't know if there was enough here to be like, yeah, dude, I'm excited about reading the next issue. So I guess in that regards, I feel like, man, I don't know. And Deadpool doesn't have to be hilarious for me, but I guess it helps. Um, you know what? I'm going to give, it's a very, very high, almost four. I'm going to settle on three out of six claws. Um, I'd really be interested if, if people, for for the big Deadpool fans out there, like I said, you know, small small serving size for me. Um, in, in which case, I like him. I like him, you know, like in Uncanny Avengers, like part of a team. Or he kind of does his thing and he's fine, when he's, but he's not the whole book. Um, anyway, uh, but for people who love Deadpool, did this feel kind of in the right vein where the... Were the one-liners hitting for you? I'd be interested to know. Uh, maybe uh, my friend Dave, if you're listening, you're you're, one, you're my uh, my closest known really big Deadpool fan. So I'd love to know. And maybe I'll tweet at you. Cause, but if you're listening, um, let me know what you thought about this book. You know, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it. I don't think I don't think there's anything in this book to hate. So I think anyone that hates it is probably just looking to hate. <laughs> or they're just as as tired of Old Man Logan as I am, maybe. Um, but there's really not much to hate. So I think it's really just whether you think the book is good or you think it's really good or you just don't care, I guess. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm between good and really good. I mean, it's, it's very fine. <laughs> uh, my ringing endorsement. Um, anyway, but that's Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number one. Uh, three out of six claws. It could have been four if it maybe had been a little more entertaining with the quips because that's that's what a lot of the book was was a lot of quipping and so the parts of it that fell flat I think kind of knocked it down a little bit. But anyway, um, now to talk about an even bigger disappointment, um, you know, on the uh, resurrection episodes of Dan and Georgie, we had uh ditched the cable book because it was boring 
as what's really boring? A cup of water. <laughs> Not after you go for a bike ride. That's really fun. You need that water. Um, maybe as as boring as um the Inhumans TV show. <laughs> Not to, not to square off on that tangent, but um, finally watched the the double pilot. Yeah, not not a big fan. Um, you know, a couple of things before we get to 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 what I'm actually talking about here. Um, no one in that show is pullable. Like, there's no one to pull for. I mean, they obviously paint Maximus as the bad guy. He's the villain. And he is. He's kind of selfish, kind of a prick, right? I mean, got some pretty serious uh, little human complex going on. <laughs> um, but also, he's the only one fighting for, like, equality against this horrible, almost fascist caste system. But then all the people that are supposed to be the heroes of the show, and maybe, right, maybe their time on Earth will show them the error of their ways and the story will be about their redemption or whatever, assuming I can can continue to watch the episodes. Uh, I probably will, because Ethan enjoyed it. Um, doesn't have a lot of, you know, he's 11. <laughs> not a lot of discernment yet on whether shows are good or not. Just, you know, is it something he wants to see? And he kind of wants to see these characters. So, you know, he's enjoying it. Um, so I'll, I'll watch it with him, regardless. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the the redemption of of whatever. But right now, the good guys, the people in charge, are supposed to pull for are you know the institution behind this terrible society um, that is you know full of inequality and whatever. So you don't want to pull for them. Like you want you want Maximus's uh, rebellion to win, but you know that he's probably not going to do any better because he's not really a good guy. So. I don't know. It's just a weird, like, can all these people just die? Can, like, someone rise out of the ranks, <laughs> maybe, of the minds? Maybe the kid who can see the future, right? Who's, I guess, based on, uh, what, was the, what was the kid's name from Civil War II? I don't remember. Um, you know, maybe, he, maybe he and his sister could rise up and lead a rebellion against the, the royals. And maybe that, that'd be a decent show. I can get behind that. The other thing, the aesthetic... It just doesn't look good. The show doesn't look good, I don't think. Um, almost that, I think I told Denise, it has kind of a very Star Trek, the next generation aesthetic, and I don't mean that as a compliment. And a little background. I didn't watch that show when I was little. And seeing that show now, I know I'm about to piss a lot of people off. But that is a crappy-looking TV show. The, the Star Trek thing. The, next, the TNG. It just looks like garbage. Um, and if you don't have nostalgia for it, there's no way to get into it. It's just too visually distracting. It looks like, you know, someone made it in their basement. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and I know, sign of the times, right? And send your complaints to uh, someone else because I don't really care. But um, yeah, anyway, that's that's my take on Inhumans. But back to Cable, we had, uh, we had kicked it to the curb, uh, Georgie and Dan and I. I knew that this newer mutant storyline was going to feature um, a version of X-23 pulled from the past. And so I thought, you know, well, I'll give it a try. You know, check it off my completest checklist, right? Um, See what's going on. And so, but the thing is, she's on the cover to Cable number 150, the new legacy story. 
but she's not actually in the issue. <laughs> so anyway, this is Cable, The Newer Mutants, Chapter 1. Uh, was written by Ed Brisson, art by John Malin, uh, colors by Jesus Albertov, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by John Malin and Federico Brie. Um, and on this cover, we have Cable in the... Ooh, sorry, my throat really hurts. A little voice cracking this episode. I apologize. Um, anyway, Cable in the background, uh, flanked by Blink, Longshot, X-23, Armor, Dupe, and in the foreground with his double swords, Shatterstar. Um, it is a very adequate cover. Nothing really special about it. It's just kind of a, a group shot that is drawn. And drawn, you know, in a manner that is there. <laughs> not crazy about the cover. Not something I would have picked up had I not known that was X-23. Um... So anyway, this book is still really boring. Um, and I don't care for the art. And then X-23 is not actually in it. Um, and then I had... So basically, Cable was trying to track down. Someone's killing off externals. He They killed some external girl. So Cable's going to gather a team. And today, he starts off with Dupe, Shatterstar, and Longshot. Um... I think Longshot may have carried over from the previous story because he's already with Cable in the beginning. Anyway, he goes to warn Celine, but Celine doesn't care. And the externals aren't all dead, but Cable can die. Um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I actually had, uh, I remembered the externals from like early X-Force, but I didn't remember what they actually did or what happened to them. So I had to go to like Wikipedia and you know figure out like who's supposed to be where I don't know. Um, anyway, I I did not care for this art. I did not care for this story. Um, I feel bad, man. I've been dogging all over Ed Brisson. I just want to say, just remind everybody how much I love Sheltered and I am enjoying his Iron Fist book. Find his old man Logan to be kind of boring. Um, that's not necessarily his fault. I'm just Anyway, I've said before, it's kind of done. Especially now that, you know, regular Logan is back. Um, anyway, this story just was really... I don't know. I just did not care. Um, and, you know, kind of the anger that I bought the book and X-23 wasn't even in it. When I didn't really want to buy it to begin with. So, all that rolls into Cable 150... Being a generous two out of six claws. I could have gone one. I decided not to be that mean. But I could. I could, I could be talked into it. If I was talking to Dan and Georgie right now, live in per person, or, you know, you know, real time is what I meant, not in person, uh, they could probably talk me down to a one, and I'd probably go right with them. But anyway, we'll say, uh, we'll say two out of six, because whatever. So then another legacy book. Uh, Luke Cage, number 166. Uh, no Wolverines in the story, but in the legacy backup, um, we have a page of Luke Cage punching Constrictor and Iron Fist kicking Sabretooth in the face. So Sabretooth's there. Um, and then we have Luke Cage's Time as a New Avenger, which, of course, features Wolverine. Uh, that backup's written by Robbie Thompson with, and Mark Bagley does the art. You know, it is what it is. It's fine. Um, so, the Luke Cage story itself, uh, number 166, written by David F. Walker, 
Art by Guillermo Sana. Colors by Marcio Minez. Uh, letters by VC Josebino. And the cover art is by Raza. Um, the cover is pretty cool. It's kind of photorealistic, I guess. Um, actually, it kind of looks like a video game. Like, like really good video game graphics. And anyway, there's a door, a prison door. And on it, in like almost caution tape, is the name Luke Cage. Prisoner 061972. But we have several fist punching through the the metal door. Um, so I've been enjoying this book. Not crazy about the art change. Um, but I do like David Walker a lot. Anyway, Cage has decided, you know, he went back to New Orleans to confront some of his past with the guy that created him. Um, he decided to drive back to New York. Use some time to clear his head. He gets pulled over, um, stops at a diner, a lady starts talking to him. She recognizes him. You know, remembers that he was a hero for hire. He's like, okay, well, maybe I can see. Some people have been disappearing. But the police show up. They're going to try to stop Cage. So Cage fights him, takes him out. doesn't really want to. He gets captured. Um, and we see the ringmaster. And he, so he puts him in jail. And, um, you know, whatever. The next cover looks awesome. So I kind of want to buy it. But anyway, I've been really enjoying this story. I did not love the art, and I'm not crazy about this particular issue. Uh, the previous you know, issues of, of Walker's Cage I thought were really fun and really good. Um, this one was just kind of, okay. I like the idea of him driving home, right, and then kind of finding trouble. Well, that's kind of cool. But uh, the art was too bad. I just didn't care for the art. Um, and the Ringmaster. I'm sure Walker will try to put like a cool new spin on him, maybe. But I mean, at the end of the day, still the ringmaster. Um, not really the best villain. Um, so I'm going to give Luke Cage number 166 three out of six claws. Um, so now, to wrap up, we have kind of an alternate timeline Wolverine um, from The Amazing Spider Man Renew Your Vows number 12. Um, which is Curse of the Green Goblin Part 2, written by Ryan Stegman, art by Brian Level, colors by Jesus Arbatov, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by Stegman and Arbatov. Um, cover's pretty cool. It kind of has a little bit of everything that's been going on and in this kind of, probably not the first trade. I'm sure they broke it up six and six, but this kind of concludes the first, like, big first act of renew your vows um we're gonna take a time actually we take a time jump at the end of the book and the next arc kicks off you know years after this um anyway the cover has spider-man and venom and little normie and the big giant green goblin robot and you know spiderling and spinderella or whatever everyone's calling themselves now but it's a good cover i mean it's stegman so what are you gonna say it's great um so anyway um Little Normie Osborne has decided to take out Spider-Man. He builds a giant Green Goblin-like mecha. Um, but it has Regent power and can absorb other powers. And the X-Men of this dimension show up in a Blackbird, but the Green Goblin catches them. We see Wolverine pop out. Um, so it's Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Iceman. Um, Wolverine says, get a load of that thing. Iceman, hit him with all you got since Spider-Man can't handle it. <laughs> Pretty funny. 
But of course, as the robot fights, it gathers their powers, including a great scene where it pops giant Wolverine claws. Uh, pretty great. Um, so Mary Jane, who has the Venom suit, is uh, swinging around with uh, Liz Allen, um, who of course is Normie's mom, and she's like, I gotta get this suit off, and we gotta help your son and my family. Um, we get a nice Gene as the robot blasts Gene and uh, Wolverine yells. And then we get a nice double snick as it charges the robot. And that's when the robot pops its own snicked. So we have a big giant metal green goblin with Wolverine claws. Um, then, we find, then we find out, because we thought from last issue that little Normie Osborne was in the giant green goblin robot, but it's not. He had changed his mind, but his assistant, Miss January, was like, no, you can't. I have to help you get what you want, what you really, really want. I'm going to what? I'm going to whatever. <laughs> Sorry, no Spice Girls this time. Um, normally, when I'm feeling better, lots of Spice Girls, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, but so she knocked Normie out and decided to give him a better legacy. Um, so, you know... Um, Annie Mae um, is like oh well I'm glad to see you're not a bad kid after all maybe we can be friends and that's kind of the gist of her right is she her friendship kind of saves Normie Osborne um, it's a nice little story right anyway um, conveniently the robot blasts Mary Jane with Sonics and gets rid of the Venom suit so that, that takes care of that um, and then Normie helps Anime. They go inside, find the central nervous system, the CPU, which is kind of like a big glowing pumpkin. But it's also the orb that collects the powers uh, that the robot collects. Um, and they're able to destroy it. Um, Normie turns the power spear over to Spider Man. <laughs> over to Spider Man. Um, and then we go eight years later, and we see that. You know, they've rewarded Annie Mae with her own kind of grown-up costumes. So no more kind of the, the spider bicycle helmet and knee pads and stuff. Uh, she has a full-blown crime-fighting spider costume. And we're going to start her journey as a hero. Um, art on this book is great. Uh, Brian Level doing a good job. Kind of kind of like, looks like maybe Stegman was his mentor. <laughs> um I'm trying not to say he's copying him because I think he's doing his own thing, but it's very Stegman-esque. And then, of course, Stegman's writing is pretty good. A very sweet book. Um, you know, really focuses on the family aspect, which has been kind of what this book has been so good at and why this has been one of the better Spider-Man books on the shelf. Um, this one's no exception. Um, it definitely has a little wrap-up-itis <laughs> that, you know, kind of takes the venom thing off the table at least you know for now we'll see if it comes back right um kind of you know resolves everything wins by love right friendship friendship wins the day um normie's okay i guess he'll grow up too right so we'll see him later and then you know make the time jump forward no more anime is a little girl now she's gonna be a teenager um so yeah, definitely, definitely has a little bit of wrap up by just, um, everything kind of gets tied up in its tiny little bow, um, but it's still pretty good, still pretty great, pretty fun, um, man, I don't know, it's kind of right between a four and a five, claws out of six, 
Um, I will give it... You know what? I'm just because I haven't got to talk about this book a lot, and because I'm just loving this series, um, I'm going to give Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 12, 5 out of 6 claws. All right, well, that is your bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Interruptions and all um, dog barking and all coughing and clearing throat and voice cracking. What's that about? Second puberty? No. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. So uh, we'll see what happens next. Um, I promise Flashback will resume at some point. Flashback is coming back. Flashback coming back. I don't know. At some point. It's just we're just in different our 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 planets are rotating the sun in a different speed, me and Cameron. <laughs> but we'll we'll get that back on track. Um I really want to talk about Acts of Vengeance. I really do. Um so, you know, whatever. Um anyway, as usual, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. So until next time, hugs and snicks everybody. Bye bye. And snack.